0: Luke chapter 11, I'm going to read today a little more than I normally read, but I want you to follow me because it's so important, and I won't preach long. Now, if it came to pass, it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, everybody out loud, let's go. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, then he shifts gears. This is how you're to pray. Now watch this. He gives this illustration. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves? For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut, my children are in the bed. It took me two hours to get them asleep. They're in the bed with me. I cannot rise and give it to you. Bread, three loaves at midnight. I say to you, though he will not rise and give it to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, his importunity, He will rise and give him as much as he needs. Verse 9, so I say to you, everybody read, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you, for everyone, come on, who asks receives and he who seeks finds And to him who knocks, it shall be opened. Let me finish. I'll finish the rest. If a son asked for bread from his father, would a good father give him a stone? If he asked for fish, would he give him a serpent instead of a fish? If he asked for an egg, would he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those? Here's one stipulation. It's all predicated upon this. He'll give it all. The Holy Spirit will give it all to those who what? Ask him. This story centered around midnight. The parable that Jesus taught about prayer is actually teaching us what the the posture, the position of the church should be right at midnight. Midnight is a type of the coming of the Lord. Midnight means Jesus is on the verge of coming. And what is the posture of the church? Jesus, in his school of prayer, in this text, after he teaches the Lord's prayer, draws a beautiful mental picture of a a desperate Knocking on the door at the midnight hour, the posture of the church is pounding on the door saying, I recognize I don't have bread. Bread is Jesus, the bread of his presence. This is my bread. Take it. I don't have enough of you. I need more of you in the midnight hour, not just for me, but I have friends coming. They're on a journey. And if I'm not full of you, I can't win them. If I'm not sold out to you, they won't want what I've got. I need the position of the church in the midnight hour is to pound on the door. The University of Chicago has a clock that they have been keeping since the 1960s when the nuclear weapons were developed. The scientists who developed the nuclear weapons uh, started this clock. It's called a doomsday clock. And recently in the year of 2022, they moved the, 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 hour, uh, the hour hand has been on midnight on 12 for a long time. And the minute hand has been moving as they uh, assess the condition of the world and the dangers of the world of how close are we to midnight. And this year, in 2022, they voted, these are scientists, these are nuclear, these are uh, cyber, uh, uh, cyber war experts, these are not preachers and prophecy preachers, these are some of the brightest minds in the scientific world, and they said that things are so dangerous from pestilence to all kinds of things that they voted to move the hand to 60 seconds from midnight. 60 seconds from midnight. What should the position of the church be this close to midnight? How many of you do believe and recognize that Jesus is going to return to this earth? Just like he promised. Jesus taught, And he said, there are two examples of prayer I want to give you. Number one, there's the Lord's Prayer, and he laid it out first. The Lord's Prayer is grade school prayer. It's about personal needs. You go through, give us this day our daily bread. Give me enough to get by today. Give me bread enough for me. It's about me being full, me having what I need. First of all, it tells us that God delights in meeting our needs. I want you to get happy about that because God really does delight in meeting all your needs. He delights in you having home and clothes and car and jobs and blessing. He's not in any way against you having your needs met. He wants to meet your needs. A loving father doesn't want to give you a stone if you ask for bread, doesn't want to give you a serpent if you ask simply ask and acknowledge him and believe in him and trust him. He doesn't want to give you a serpent if you're asking for meat. And he says, I delight in meeting your personal needs. And that's good that you pray like that. That's one example of prayer. But then he instantly shifted it in the same chapter. And he said, once you get your personal Life straightened out. You have bread. You're in a relationship with me. You're eating of the bread of heaven. You're taking communion in faith. You're washed. You're cleansed. I want you to shift gears at the midnight hour because he starts talking about, now, when we move into the midnight hour, when we are getting the signs of the times are happening everywhere, there is a position. It's grown up time now. It's no, you can't be a casual Christian no more in the midnight hour. You can't have mama's religion and daddy and them really love the Lord. You can't do that. You can't play that game. You will be. I am talking to people. I am talking to people, even as I'm speaking, who will not be ready for the rapture. And the posture of the church is not one of just trying to hold on to Jesus. Once you get your daily bread, it's a piece of bread, one piece of bread, he shifts and he starts telling a parable. And he said, he said, I want to give you this parable. It's centered around midnight, prophetic alert, prophecy alert. There was a man who went to the house at midnight and started beating on the door at midnight. When the world is reeling and rocking at midnight, the position and posture of the church is it has grown from immaturity of just bless me, just save me, I'm going to heaven, I don't really care about the world, I don't care about these lost people I'm working with, and yeah, I got family lost, but that's God's business, and I guess he'll save them, good luck. But there has to be a spiritualness that comes in the church that shifts in the midnight hour that the church becomes that man pounding on the door. Give me bread for my friends. They're going to die. They're going to be lost. They're going to go into eternity or even worse, they're going to be left behind when Jesus comes. And I know God has my friends on a journey. Notice they're not brothers. This is not for the family. This is not for the kingdom. This is for the friends, the people out there that are not brothers and sisters in Christ. They are lost and I'm not mad at them. They're my friends. I'm not mad at the gay community. I'm not mad at people who disagree with what I preach. I'm not mad at people of other religions. They're my friends, and God is going to allow their journey to be. If I can get, and notice he said, give me three loaves for my friends. We're, we just think we come to church just to keep our little... God said, I want you to get a burden for a lost world and ask me for three loaves. you got not just enough for you to get by, but you've got enough that you can share it and people see what you've got and they want it. And when they do, you say, yes, here, I was waiting on you. Friends looking for bread, friends looking for authenticity and realness and honesty and truth and integrity. They're going to come our way. In the midnight hour, the only question is, will this house, will this ministry have bread? Or will we be just another church having church services where people don't feel life and they don't feel because that's what that bread is. Jesus said, I am life. I'm the bread of life. I can fulfill. I can, that, that hole in your soul, that thing that is missing, that gnawing hunger, that alcohol cannot take away, that drugs cannot take away, that illicit sex cannot take away. I am the one who can feel the hunger of man's soul. And I need a church that is pounding on the door saying, Bread! Bread! Can you see that man? I'm gonna preach like I want to now. I can see him at midnight. Bam! 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 I need some bread, and the dogs start yapping. I could I could hear it all. I put my uh, lights are going on. Old Granny's got a stocking on her head and her outfit. Saying what now? Where's going on? All, all the dogs are barking. Babies start screaming, crying, and bam! Bam! Bread! Bread! Why? What's the urgency? It's the midnight hour. And if we don't have bread, my friends are going to be lost. Oh, it's up to you, preacher. We pay you to do that. No, you do not. Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. You, you are to be so full of bread. How do you get full of it? Pray. It's it, What was the whole lesson? What was the whole parable about? Pray. Ask. Seek. Knock. You don't do it. Therefore, you don't have it. In the midnight hour when we have bread, we must stir ourselves from slumber. The ten virgins were pure. They were holy. They were clean. But that all ten of them in the parable Jesus told were asleep. And they all 10 had to be awakened. I am your wake-up call. You got to get a prayer life. I'm just a teenager and, you know, I spend 14 hours on Facebook. You got to get a, or whatever it is, I don't know, they change it every week. But you got to get a prayer life. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Uh, No more excuses. This is your generation. What are you going to do when you see the world going to hell? What are you going to do when you see America in decline? Hey, it's on your watch and there's got to be some people who first understand there's no politics or politician that can fix this nation. There's no intellectual answer. The answer is not in education. The answer is not in politics. The answer is not in medicine. The answer is not in technology. The answer is in getting on our knees and if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray like they need me I'll turn the nation around come on somebody I I feel this thing down in my soul revival is coming to free chapel and to the body of Christ especially the churches that are knocking in intercessory prayer Crying bread, Mr. Jones! Get up, Mr. Jones! He's a little extreme. I am. And I'm getting worse the older I get. Intercessory prayer is the secret weapon of the church. If somebody don't want to hear your witness, intercessory prayer will go get in their car. Intercessory prayer will go get in their apartment where they're shacked up. Intercessory prayer will go in a drug den. Intercessory prayer will go behind prison bars. Intercessory prayer will go in an ICU unit. Intercessory prayer will go beyond the division in your family and the wall of no communication. Intercessory prayer, an invisible force of heavenly angels will begin to surround that property if you will pray. Clap your hands and say it's prayer time in America. And I've invited them. They won't come. Then stop inviting them and pray. And then they'll call you. I got to come. Watch. Watch. If you want bread, you better be beating on the door at the midnight hour. That's where God expects the church to be. Listen to verse 5. What did he ask for? Bam, bam, bam. I want three loaves. The audacity to make such a big ask. Jesus in the previous same chapter said, just pray for enough. Give me this day my daily bread. But here's this guy, because he's not praying for himself. He's thinking of others, the lost harvest. And he says, give me three loaves. It's three loaf time. It's time to ask big requests. When you're in the midnight hour and you see the signs of the times and you see prophecies and even in your soul, even if you're sitting there looking at me and you know you're not ready, you know you're not living right, you're not even trying, but you know just in your natural mind you can see something is going on in this world. Something is just like those preachers preach. Something is about to happen. It's called the rapture. And when we get raptured out... Then the restrainer, which is the Holy Spirit, will instantly be taken out and the Antichrist will instantly come on the scene. One world government, one world currency, one world religion. You want us to get out? When we go, the Holy Spirit goes. The restrainer. I'm so glad that I've got the Holy Ghost on Pentecost Sunday because He is the restrainer. Hell may want to destroy your family, but there's a restrainer. He's the mighty Holy Ghost of Heaven, and He has the power to do what man cannot do. He's a protector. He's a comfort He's a healer, and he's in us, and he's here right now. Welcome the Holy Spirit, somebody. One loaf meets my daily bread, but I am to in the midnight hour begin to earnestly pray. Give me three loaves. Let me be full of you, and then give me three extra loaves. No more patty cake for Jesus. It's midnight. The world is reeling and rocking like a drunkard. It's no time for business as usual. It's three loaf time. And I love the fact that when the hounds of hell are on the loose... When demonic forces are assaulting families and marriages and everything good and everything right, calling evil good and good evil, that the Bible says the church is supposed to be not becoming more and more like the world. Thinking like the world, acting like the world, but we are to move into a position of intercessory prayer where prayer starts taking over the church. Everything we do is bathed and saturated and marinated in prayer, and we're pounding on the door. We know the friends are coming, we know the lost are on a journey. They're headed this way, and we're a ministry you can trust because we will pound the doors of heaven until you get. Give us three loaves for our friends. Listen to what Jesus said. Everybody say, Jesus said. If a church starts doing that in the midnight hour, though he would not, the master of the house would not give bread to him because he was his friend, he gave it to him because of his persistence. He gave it because of his persistence, his importunity. He kept coming back and coming back and pounding harder and hitting harder. Then that's when Jesus taught that marvelous verse: "Ask." We've we've, we've turned the whole saying around. We used to say we used to say, "Pray and you don't have to worry," but now we say, "Worry." And, 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 I'm not going to pray. It's sad. It's sad. It's like prayer shouldn't be the last thing on your list. Prayer should be the first thing that comes to your mind when crisis comes. And that's a a good temperature taker of how spiritual you are. If you think the moment stuff comes and hits your life, if your first thought is, let me fix it, let me call so-and-so, let me call the doctor, let me call this one, that one, that, nothing wrong with doing all that, but the first thing ought to be, if there's any God in you, oh, Jesus, in the name of Jesus. What's wrong with us? We, we got to be more spiritual than just showing up at church. We got to get some loaves of him to where he is what we have to offer more than anything else. And when a church, when a choir, when the ushers, when the workers, when the pastors, when the the singers, when the congregation, when they all move into a position of intercessory prayer, God starts loading down the bread. And he said, though he will not give it to a friend because this, this guy is knocking on that door. This is not a light rattle. He's not using that little brass thing. Say, ding, ding, This is, this, come on, church. That's about how our prayer life is. <laughs> God, God, did I hear something? I close with this. I'm sure somebody, when that man, started, I'm sure there was enough lights on. I'm sure somebody screamed out the window, you better stop. We're going to call 911. This man said, nope, it's the midnight hour, and I don't have what I need. That's the miracle. That's the miracle of the story. So many people don't even realize they don't have what they need in the midnight hour. They have grown cold. They have grown lukewarm. There's no prayer in the home. There's no prayer in the family. There's no prayer during the week. And this man, recognizing the desperation of friends coming, and I don't have what I need, I'm barely hanging on myself, and I'm supposed to be a witness to them. And he said, I don't have what I need for my family that's lost, for people that I work with. I don't have what I need. Jacob wrestled with an angel. The angel could have whipped him from the very beginning of the wrestling. He could have destroyed him. He he could have, he pulled his hip out of joint. He could have taken his head off, but the fight was fixed. And when Jake, when the angel said to Jacob, let me go under his breath, he was saying, I hope you don't, because if you will hold on, If you will say, I will not let you go until you bless me, your name is gonna be changed from Jacob to Israel, which means a prince with God, and you're gonna be given power with God and favor with men. You are going to win such a victory. A door is going to open for you, Jacob, that will change his. I stood on that ground this week in Israel which he was that named, his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. He had 12 sons. I stood in that city of Jerusalem. I stood and I all over that Sea of Galilee. I stood and I preached from those places where I was and taped and, and all of that. And I'm standing there and I'm realizing it all came because a man would wrestle. I'm simply saying to you, Jacob. And I'm saying to every one of you, and if you don't hear anything else this preacher says, you might ought to write this down. You're going to be crippled before you will be crowned. Joseph, there's going to be a pit before there is a palace. And the only question is, will you hold on through the crippling long enough to get to the crowning? Will you hold on through the pit long enough to get to the palace? Because if you keep pounding and knocking and wrestling, even though you go through a season when you've been crippled, you will be crowned. You will, he will bring beauty out of ashes. He will turn the battle. he will do what he promised in his word. Take a praise break at every campus and praise the Lord even for the crippling even for the pits because on the other side is a crown. On the other side is a palace a half place. Whew. Asking for bread. I've got some friends on a journey. And I know they're going to come by me. The apostle Paul said, I count myself accursed that I might reach the Gentiles. He had such a burden for those people who were lost. that He said, I'll take the curse. One, one, One theologian said, Paul said, I'll be willing to go to hell if Israel can go to heaven. Moses had the same spirit. He said, blot my name out. God said, I'm gonna destroy them and I'm gonna start all over just like I did with Noah. But I, you're good, you're good. You've got bread. You're mine. We're friends. I've talked to you face to face, Moses. And Moses said, You blot my name out if you blot their name out. That's that's that three-loaf friends are coming. What do you mean? Three loaves, not just enough for me and my family, but for my state, for my nation, and for my world. Three loaves. Somebody's coming. You shall be witnesses. You shall be what I will use. And On the day of Pentecost, the apostle Peter got so full of the Holy Spirit that he presented to the world at the birth of the church three loaves in Acts 2. In verse 38, here's the first loaf of bread. Repent, every one of you. And loaf number two, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. Loaf number three, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is not... This promise is... For this promise is to you and to your children and to those that are far off. They're just out there. But if you'll get in this position, you can repent. You can be baptized and the past, washed away. And then I will fill you with so much bread that it will be passed down for generations. And I'm hungry for all three loaves this morning. I'm done. Play. I want you to get so full of this bread that when they come to your churches and they're atheists and they've had uh, been raised in other religions or, or no religion, that when they come asking, all right, if you got it, let me have some. It took you years to get me here. I'm here now. I want to feel something real. I want to experience something powerful. And Jesus gives this illustration. He says, if a natural father, when they asked for bread, would give, not give a stone. If a natural father, when they asked for meat, would not give a serpent or a scorpion. How much more will the Holy Spirit give to them that ask? But the question is, what are they going to get when they come to Free Chapel? And it's not just up to a pastor. I'm telling every one of you, you better get a prayer life. You better get a prayer. And that's why, that's why we're doing what we're doing. I felt such a burden at the beginning of this year that God said, this church is not praying. This church is not praying, but we are now. Why? Because it's a midnight hour and we know we need three loaves. We're not going to ask for little things. I don't want people to come to this church and say, I don't, uh, there's nothing here. I'm going to another bakery. I'm going to go try seances. I'm going to go try tarot cards. I'm going to go call a witch and ask them to read my future. I'm going to go try Islam. I'm going to go try new age movement. I'm going to go try some Far East religion. If we don't get fresh bread in the house, there's only one way. And so you say, well, then, you know, I know that's what you preachers need to do. Uh-uh. We're talking about your family. But boy, I feel it. I feel it. I feel this thing. As I was leaving my hotel room, I, you say, you spiritualize everything. I do. I believe in God. I know how God speaks to me. I was walking down the hall of the hotel. Had... Two bags and my briefcase, and I'm pushing those little things. And the last door that I see before I turn right in the elevators right there in Jerusalem, we were there during the Feast of Pentecost. It just ended yesterday. And we were there during the Feast of Pentecost. We, I, we didn't, it was a quick trip. I had to go dedicate that stuff, and we just, it just hit, and we just had to go. But as I'm leaving, The last door, it wasn't on the other doors, but the last door, and I I meant to download the picture from my phone because it so impressed me, I took a picture. I took a picture of the hotel door and because it was the Feast of Pentecost and all the Jews were down, the Jewish people, the religious Jews were down in the lobby by the hundreds. They were with their little families and they had their little, uh, it's just the sweetest thing and they, they were celebrating the Feast of Pentecost and it was just, I'm just, I'm just in awe and, I, I'm, and, and to, the, to the Jewish mind, the Feast of Pentecost is, is the celebration of harvest and so you know what was on this, on this hotel door? A picture. Uh, 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 not a picture. I took the picture. I'll show it to you next week. I forgot to give it to them. But somebody had taken a stalk of harvest, uh, of wheat, a, a stalk of wheat, and had taped it on their door. And so as I'm leaving Jerusalem, and I got my bags, and I'm walking through there, I look, and the last thing I see is a reminder of The harvest is out there. It's coming. Friends are coming. They're coming. They're coming. You're in the midnight hour. They're coming. The only question is, will this ministry pound on the door of heaven until we get three loaves? Stand to your feet, please. I'm giving a different altar call this morning. I realize if you need to leave, you need to leave, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you are here today, And you would say, I recognize my need for more of bread. I know our family. I know me personally. I know I've got friends. I've got relatives. I've got lost loved ones. I've got people searching. I've got people on drugs. I've got people who are alcoholics that are in my family. And even if they came to me now, I don't, I'm barely hanging on myself. I need, here's what I'm calling you to. I'm calling everyone today who will hear the call. To prayer, to say, God, I need three loaves. Feel me first this morning and then give me the three loaves. If you're more concerned about time or you've got appointments, I get that. And sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Some people have to go to work. I get that. This is different. I'm going into overtime. I'm warning you. But if you would say, Pastor, I feel the call to prayer. I need a prayer line. And I'm asking everyone who will give yourself. Jesus turned to his own disciples after all those miracles, after all those blessings. And he said, could you not tarry with me for one hour in the midnight hour? I'm about, this is midnight. I'm about to be a. Could you not tarry one hour? Hour. Boy, you putting it on us, Pastor. I sure am. Because I'm gonna give an account for this flock. We're not playing games. We got to pray. We need it's three loaf time. Because they're coming. Turn to somebody and say the lost are coming. Your sons and your daughters are coming. Your grandchildren are coming. The question is, will you be pounding your friends? You know your friends? You know your friends that are, you know your friends that are struggling with? Well, come on, come on, from the top balcony, wherever you are at every campus, feel the front. Throw your hands up. You don't have to kneel, you can if you want to, but throw your hands up. And let's everybody that what well, we can't all get down there. The hungry will, the ones who want three loaves will, the three-loaf will, and it ought to even pay. Even as a family, come. What could be more important? It's the midnight hour. We must awake from slumber. We must, we must. The only thing that can do it is prayer. It's prayer. And I don't want the praise and worship team to pray for you and fill the room with noise. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to lift your voice. And I want you to begin to pray all over this building. Pray for your sons. Pray for your daughters. Pray for your grand. Close your eyes. Forget about people around you. Lift your hands and begin to knock. You have not because you ask not. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and it shall be open. See and you shall find come on come on pray all over this room we're going to pray we're going to pray we're going to pray seek him seek him seek him Lord we love you we seek you we praise you hallelujah hallelujah Lord fill us with the Holy Ghost give us all three all three loaves, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Give prayer languages. Let sons and daughters speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Fill this house with bread. Fill this house with miracles. They're coming. They may have to see a miracle to believe, so let this house be full of miracles. They may have to see some other sign or wonder. Fill this house with bread. We want three loaves. We're not asking for little things. We're not asking for a little bit of power and a little bit of Sunday morning church we want all three loaves we want the power of the Holy Spirit we want the anointing of the Holy Spirit I need some intercessors to pray we want more than tinkling cymbals and sounding brass we won't not by might nor by power we won't by, by my spirit saith the Lord oh God we cry out oh recognize we don't have enough bread. We recognize we're in the midnight hour. We see the signs of the times, and there are going to be two different worlds going on. The church that's just playing church, and there's going to be a church, a remnant, that are going to be praying, fasting, crying out, and saying, I've got bread to a lost and dying world. You know, he put it in the, when he multiplied the bread, he put it in the disciples' hands first. And then as they started, got so full of what they had, they started giving it away. And then it multiplied. Then it multiplied. You need to get full of him right now. Say, come on, bread of heaven. Bread of heaven. Bread of heaven. Bread of heaven. Fill us. Fill us. Fill us. us." Give us three loaves. For our state, for our nation, and for our world. Use the influence of this church. We ask you for bigger things. We ask you for greater things. We ask you for exceedingly, abundantly, above all. We could ask a thing. We ask you for miracles. We ask you for miracles. We ask you for miracles. We ask you for for our friends that are lost. Our friends that are suicidal. Our friends that are strung out on drugs somewhere today. Oh, give us bread. Send them our way and give us so much bread that they don't have to go to another breakery. They don't look anywhere else but the cross. This is my body, this bread that is broken for you. Pray, pray, pound the door of heaven, pray. And there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind. Behold, he said in Revelation, the end time, midnight, hour church. Our at the door and I knock, but they're so religious they won't let me in. They're so into entertainment and other things they won't let me in. Let him in this morning. Let him into your house through prayer. Let him into your family through prayer. Let him in. future your business through prayer. He'll give you three loaves. He'll turn that business into a place that blesses the kingdom work. You you may be amazed at how much God prospers you if you'll be willing to ask, give me three loaves and I'll build orphanages. I'll do something that God lays on your heart for the poor and the needy and the lost. Just looking for people who will pray. Come on now. Turn the intensity notch up, about three notches. Reach over and lay your hand on somebody beside you. Do it quick. Lay your hand on them and then turn the prayer up. Don't let anybody's voice stop your voice. Begin to pray now. Pray earnestly. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, a righteous woman, avails much. Oh, I indeed baptize you with water. But he that is coming after me, he shall baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. Fire, fire, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses you'll have three loaves you'll be full so overflowing that a bunch of friends will come to you and you'll share the bread of life and there'll be change save our families oh god send revival to every campus oh god heal our land oh god mercy pour out your spirit on our sons and our daughters oh god feel our children and our grandchildren with the power and the anointing of the holy ghost pray 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 if you don't want what you grew up in to be lost you better do it If you don't want the church to lose the power and dependency on the anointing of the Holy Ghost in prayer, you better do it. If you don't want the church to be dry and dead and religious and formal, you better be a praiser. You better pound the heaven gates with intercessory prayer. Pray, pray, pray. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching by Jensen Franklin and thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Your prayers and financial support make these programs possible. For more information about this message and other ministry resources, visit us online at jensenfranklin.tv.